The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The parents of Jesus came to Jerusalem to present the child Jesus in the temple. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's first reading from 1 John, the Apostle John talks about the love of the world that can capture us to such a degree that we fixate on the created things and terminate our desires there rather than allow the created beauty of the world to bring us to a love of the Creator. So he says, do not love the world or the things in the world, for this is not love of the Father. And then he lists the particular temptations that would drive a person to that dead end. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And indeed, those were the three temptations that brought down our first parents in the garden. Because what did God say? You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was a direct command. But then comes the serpent and tells the woman Eve, that if she were to eat the fruit, her eyes would be opened and she would be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, there's the temptation to pride, to be God without God. In other words, on our own. Well, then the text says that the woman saw that the tree was good for food and a delight to the eyes. Good for food means wanting to satisfy one's passions, to consume that fruit. Delight to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes. This inordinate desire to acquire, even though she was given a direct command not to eat, she had this desire to have that fruit for her own. So those are the three great temptations, and they plague humanity right from the garden all the way to today. Now, what's the remedy or antidote to these temptations? Jesus, when he begins his ministry, the devil tempts him in the very same ways that he tempted the first Adam. But the new Adam, Jesus, resists those temptations. Remember the first was the devil knew that Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And so he says, why don't you turn those stones into bread and satisfy your hunger? Well, that's the lust of the flesh to satisfy that desire. And then the lust of the eyes would be the devil taking Jesus to a mountain and saying, look at all the kingdoms of the world, they're mine. If you bow down and kneel to me, I will give all of that to you. So that's the lust of the eyes, that desire to have everything. The pride of life would be where Satan says to Jesus, why don't you go up on the pinnacle of the temple and throw yourself off? Because the angels will come and they will lift you up 
lest you dash your foot against the stone, and then all the people will fall down and worship because of your great feats. Well, that's temptation to pride. But Jesus resists them all, and the church now embraces the remedy because there's three disciplines in Lent that fight these, what are called the concupiscents, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. In Lent, the three disciplines are fasting, because when we're fasting, we're not going to lust for the flesh, because we're denying ourselves. Almsgiving, we're not going to lust of the eyes, acquiring everything, because we're giving it away. And then finally, prayer, which will battle pride. Prayer means that we're recognizing our vulnerability, that we need help outside ourselves. So that's the great remedy that the church provides. Now, for particular people who take vows, well, first of all, every one of us is a vowed people because of baptism. In baptism, we vow our lives to God. But in particular, those religious who take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and they, again, fight these three great temptations. Let us recognize what the Apostle John is saying in that first reading, because actually it's embraced by Anna when Jesus is presented by Mary and Joseph. There's this woman who's there in the temple. Now, she's lived as a widow for many, many years. There's the vow of chastity. She's fasting and praying day and night. Well, there's the other remedies. And what happens to her? Because she has embraced this life, she actually sees God in the flesh. And that's the reward. Now, that's what we're called to do, to see God in the flesh, which would be after our death, when our bodies are united to our souls and we gaze upon the beatific vision. So let's embrace, at least in a way, a disciplined life so that we're not caught like our first parents. Rather, we imitate Jesus Christ and this woman, Anna, and then our eyes are truly open and we see what's really important, the spiritual life. We indeed will see the face of God.